0: A lot of my work comes down to empowering women, connecting them to their bodies, often through menstrual cycle. And the things that I tend to hear from women is that they feel more compassionate towards themselves. They just become kinder, which is, I think, something that as women, we need to learn to do because there is a lot of self-blaming, self-shaming. We need to love ourselves and put ourselves first.
1: Welcome to the Self-Starter Podcast, a place where stories are shared from women just like you who left the colorless corporate world with an idea and a passion and ran with it to create the vibrant life they always wanted to live. My name is Megan Tobler, and every week I'll be bringing real women to you to share their entrepreneurial journey in hopes of inspiring you to take the very first step of your own. Sometimes the hardest part is just to start. So come on, start today for you, start today for her and become a self-starter. Let's go. Our guest today is none other than Danara Mook, a certified women's health coach and captivating TEDx speaker. Danara's mission is all about turning the ordinary into the extraordinary by tapping into a resource that's right at our fingertips, and that's our menstrual cycles. She takes us on a journey through the seasons of your menstrual cycle and reveals how they can be your guiding light as an entrepreneur. She shares how to best align your tasks with your energy levels, boost productivity, and tap into the wellspring of creativity that resides within you. By the end of this conversation, you'll be inspired to embrace your uniqueness and maximize your potential, all by getting in tune with your body's natural feminine power. Whether you're a budding entrepreneur eager to start your journey or a seasoned businesswoman looking for that extra edge, then this episode is for you. Dinara, thank you so much for hopping on today and sharing your story with the Self Starter listeners. I have been really looking forward to this conversation because not only are you a certified women's health coach, but you're also a TEDx speaker that has over 50,000 views on YouTube. So amazing. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. I do check those views sometimes and I'm like, where are we? But yeah, they
1: keep ticking. And I think it just shows the interest in the topic. And I'm so excited to be here. Well, I just bumped that number up this morning because I couldn't help but watch it. And I was just so enamored by the topic in itself. So Really looking forward to be able to share a little bit more about this topic with everyone today. For those people that aren't one of those 50,000 listeners on YouTube so far, could you just give us a little bit of an idea of who you are and really what you do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Dinara, and I am, as you mentioned, certified women's health coach and a TEDx speaker, and I basically help women to restore a hormonal balance, and I do so by helping them nutritional changes, through movement adjustments, and through targeted lifestyle changes. And I do it a lot through the lens of the menstrual cycle. I sort of look at the world through the lens of the menstrual cycle. And the reason that I believe it's so important is because women's bodies change so dramatically from one day to the next, from one week to the next. And often, if we're not aware of these changes, for many of us, it can feel like, am I crazy? Like, why has my mood changed? How has my energy shifted? Why did I want to hang out with friends yesterday and not today? Why do I want to work on this project yesterday and today I have no desire to do it? And actually, a lot of it can be related to fluctuating hormones that do happen throughout our menstrual cycle, which is why Menstrual cycle is one of the things that I teach women to reconnect with. And that's the title of my TED talk, because I do believe it is our superpower.
1: Yeah, and we're definitely going to dive a little bit more into the superpower in a little bit here. But I'd like to first better understand, how did you really narrow down your area of focus and really decide that this is what you really wanted to do to be able to help women with? Yeah, I
0: think this area of focus, as you said, it sort of found me. And I think this happens a lot with people that are trying to heal their own health issues. So for a very long time, I've been interested in health and wellness. Yet I think as a lot of women, what I've realized is it wasn't so much the health and wellness, but I was interested in, but I was interested in being skinny. So a lot of my efforts have been towards weight loss. And a lot of the things that I've been doing were sort of surrounded diets and restrictive eating, over-exercising, and a lot of unhealthy habits. And in parallel to that, I used to have incredibly painful periods for almost a decade, I want to say. And one time it got so bad that I actually had to call an ambulance. And upon their arrival, they basically sort of inspected me and they told me that, oh, it's just your period. And that's sort of the belief that I held for a very long time, that it's just the period. And in fact, being in discomfort and being in pain on a monthly basis is just sort of like a part of being a woman. And by talking to my friends, by talking to my family, I had a lot of evidence that this is something that women struggle with, and I never really questioned it. The pain sort of got worse, so I had to address it. So I ended up going to a doctor's, and within five minutes, I ended up leaving with a prescription for birth control, which I happily took because I thought it was going to fix my issues, but it didn't. And unfortunately, it caused a lot of other issues that have created all sorts of hormone imbalances in my body. And I sort of came off of birth control still struggled with weight now I was struggling with anxiety energy and a lot of onset of new symptoms and that's when actually one day a friend recommended that I look into menstrual cycle and my period in menstrual cycle is not something that I've ever talked about or even liked to discuss but something sparked curiosity in me so I ended up looking into it and the more I dug into it the more I began to apply it I just started to notice this almost, I want to say almost immediate changes, but of course, those things take a little while in my mood, in my energy, in the way that I looked, my inflammation came down. And that's what I was like, well, this is something that I need to speak to women about. And the more I talk to women about it, the more I've realized that this isn't a topic that we're discussing, but actually it can help so many women if we're aware of our bodies. So that's when I decided that I'm going to go on this path and become an advocate for
1: people to fall in love with their periods. (laughs) And what's really interesting is when I was watching your TED talk, you actually talked about how in history, those who did go through the menstrual cycle, it was looked upon as a superpower. And then over the years, it almost became this sign of weakness. And it really truly is our superpower. We just need to harness it. But like you were saying, there's so many women out there that are having issues with their periods and they are seeking medical attention. And there's kind of like that band aid. I don't want to call it a fix, but Mm -hmm. a temporary fix is actually leading to more issues. And that's the birth control. And clearly you struggled with that yourself. So when they did put you on birth control, what did you find really happened other than kind of some of that weight gain?
0: I guess it would be easier to answer that question by understanding the means by which birth control actually works in the female body. And the way that it works is basically there are a variety of birth controls. There's different hormones that get released, but at the end of the day, it essentially shuts down the communication between our brain and our ovaries, meaning that our brain never gets the signal to the ovaries to go ahead and ovulate and to go ahead to perform the functions that our reproductive system would do. And when we really look at it from the sort of the big picture view, the female body, the way that it was designed, is actually designed for reproduction it's by design that we are created to have a baby and whether women want to have a baby or not our body will do everything possible to make sure that our body is prepped and primed for having a child so shutting down a major system in our body like our reproductive system by taking birth control naturally when you shut down something so natural it will cause a lot of symptoms so it sort of it varies it's such a it's so difficult to give advice to people whether they should do one thing or the other. It sort of goes off of your intention. What's the reason for going on it? And there is, understandably, birth control is being prescribed as a contraceptive method. So that way, women don't get pregnant if they're not in a position to have a family. However, in almost over 50% of the cases, birth control is being prescribed to manage symptoms. Symptoms like cramps, things like acne, for more serious conditions like PCOS, variety, a whole host of symptoms. And it, it is became this one fix all solution that actually tends to mask the problem but never really addresses it so in my case it affected big time was the weight gain and also my mental health and there was a lot of anxiety there was a lot of depression and I'm not a person that's ever been prone to any mood disorders so it was a very clear definition as to where that came from and it was certainly birth control for me
1: So once you realized that the birth control was kind of the root of some of this mental issues and the anxiety, what did you do next to be able to really wean yourself off of the birth control and go at this from a more holistic method? Well, actually, I almost
0: want to say that I didn't recognize it. It was my friend that called me and she knew that we got on birth control because we got it at the same time. And she was like, Dinara, you crazy. You have to come off of this thing. I was like, what are you talking about? My, my very angry, rangy state that actually birth control was making me, but I agreed it's a misconception when we tell women that they have to finish a pack and that certain things need to happen. In reality, if you wanted to come off of birth control, you can certainly come off of it. You basically essentially just stop putting the hormones into your body. I guess the main risk is that you may become immediately fertile. So if you not protect yourself, you may get pregnant. But birth control, because it, it sort of it releases small doses of hormones into our bodies, our gut, our liver typically tend to take sort of the lion's share of processing a lot of those hormones. And by doing that, it depletes a lot of nutrients. So in my case, I sort of came off of it. And luckily, I wasn't on it for long enough, my cycle restored and sort of came back to normal. Many women are being placed on it for decades, never really coming off of it, never having an actual menstrual cycle. For some people, it might take a little while, but I sort of just came off of it. I've done some nutritional supports from basically eating fruits and vegetables, good sources of meat. And I did it without really understanding like what I know now, but yet I guess it did help at the time. But I do think partially is because I wasn't on it for long enough to be able to really affect me in a, sort of in a long term. And I was able to restore my cycle.
1: That's wonderful that it didn't affect you too much there. So you got off of the birth control. And then at what point did you decide that you really wanted to help women who are experiencing something similar that you went through? So it's when I ended up learn
0: about specifically the cycle syncing, which I think we'll talk about, and I discussed it in my TED talk as well, and... It's when I've realized that my body changes so much depending on the cycle. When I'm on my period, I feel a little bit more sort of internal and then I feel more outgoing. And then as I started to do that normally with nutrition and movement stuff, and then I ended up applying it to my business. And I've realized that there are some times of my cycle where actually I was closing more sales, where I was more productive. I was getting a lot more results. And that's when I was like, "Okay, oh, right. this is going to go across all spectrum. So that became really, really fun.
1: So you recognize very early on the power of cycle syncing here. How did you get turned on to this topic in general?
0: Yeah. So this is when a friend recommended that I read about menstrual cycles. And one of those things was, in fact, to read one of the books that I think I might have it here, actually. It's called Flow Living by Alyssa Vitti. And that book has been transformational because in the way that she broke down the menstrual cycle was just so understandable as far as describing it as four different phases as four different seasons and then after reading that book basically I basically ended up going from one literature to the next I became fascinated by the subject because I immediately saw results on myself that it, it was a no-brainer that this information needed to be brought to more women
1: and so what did you learn about cycle syncing because I know when I was watching your TED Talk the analogy was given was there were four seasons
0: Yeah. So what I've learned is, and what's the fascinating thing that I think that women usually tend to find interesting is that our bodies doesn't just go from one month to the next. We actually have these hormones where we change, we get more social, we get more outgoing at certain times of the cycle. And then there's times of the cycle where we get more internal, where we sort of prefer to spend time on our own. And those are the changes that affect our body. But without understanding my cycle, I didn't really know what's the rhyme and reason for it. So when we look at the seasons we've got winter we've got spring we've got summer we've got fall time and when we look at it like through our menstrual cycle view our winter our inner winter is our period is the the time when we feel a little bit more internal when we feel sort of like in the winter from there we move on to the follicular phase which is after our period we usually feel like There's so much energy and we're sort of coming out of the woodworks and it just feels amazing. And that's when we transition into our spring. And then during ovulation, this is when women are most fertile. This is sort of like our inner summer. And then from there, we go into what's called luteal phase. This is the time when after we ovulate, we have a whole new host of hormones that come on stage. And then we begin to feel often, this is the time when women switch from being super external, sort of like this spring and summer energy to being a little bit more kind of like wrapped in the blanket, eating something nutritious, sort of more fall energy. And then we get back to our winter to our period. And we sort of circulate through four of those seasons on a monthly basis. And as our hormones fluctuate, our energy changes, our mood changes, and just the way our body changes.
1: So as our hormones and our body and our mood is really going through all of these changes, how can we as entrepreneurs really leverage these seasons to be able to make sure that we're maximizing our time and really putting our energy in the right places? amazing i love that question as an entrepreneur myself since i've learned and
0: understand that just how much my body changes i started to plan activities with my menstrual cycle so one of the ways that i've leveraged it there are times in our cycle for example i'll actually walk through different phases and through different seasons so it would kind of illustrate it a little bit so our menstrual specifically our menstruation which is our bleeding part which is our also our inner winter during that time we are There's been lots of studies done on brains to show that our left and the right hemisphere of our brain actually sort of have this most heightened communication between the two. And this is a really good time to tap into your intuition. So for those entrepreneurs that maybe you're launching a program, maybe there's certain things are happening and you're like, I'm not sure if this is something that I want to it's a very good time to tap into your intuition and plan for the next month ahead, knowing that your sort of logical and your emotional side are so much more in tune with each other. And then as you go into your follicular phase, this is when our dominant hormone is called estrogen. And estrogen typically makes us feel very outgoing, very superstarish. We want to take risks. We want to brainstorm. So as an entrepreneur during this time, I love to brainstorm, come up with a lot of ideas. This is the time when I usually come up with ideas for new programs, for new ways that I can engage my audience for new content ideas that are a little bit more creative. This is the time when our brain is just, it's just looking for new information. And as we go into our ovulatory phase, which is our our fertility window, and during that time, we typically more communicative. So we want to talk more. We want to sort of engage with people more. So it's a really good time. And this is what I do. I schedule a lot of networking events during that time. I schedule a lot of social engagement. I schedule a lot of podcast recordings. Anything that requires me to speak to people, to interview, and to maybe record content that requires me to talk. And then as we go into our luteal phase, which is from the time of our ovulation until period, this is when we usually kind of go a little bit more internal. We less want to be seen, maybe on cameras, but we're more able to focus and do a lot of deep work. So this is the time when I schedule a lot of my finance, admin tasks, stuff that like requires a lot of research. Because after you period, during that sort of over the course of a week or two, it's really difficult to sit down and focus on things. You just want to be more active out there and like seeing people, interviewing people, creating new things. And then Now that we've dreamed up all of those projects, we're sort of gifted with this second half of our cycle where we can bring all of those projects to an end. And scheduling work this time really allows us to show up to work and not be like, I don't want to do this at all. This is the last thing I want to engage in, but actually showing up every single time at the best version of yourself and being wanting to do the tasks that
1: are quite truly fit with the things that you want to be doing. That's really fascinating. And I'm going to sound really naive right here, but I'm assuming that this is based on the 28-day menstrual cycle and each one of these seasons is really broken up into one week, or is there another way that this is broken up into?
0: Yeah, so the menstrual cycle is often referred as the 28-day. However, a menstrual cycle can go anywhere between 24 to sort of 35 days is considered normal. So if you're listening and your menstrual cycle is much longer than that, much longer than 28 days, don't be alarmed as long as it's sort of within 25 to 35 days, it's normal. But yes, it is based on, I refer to it as the 28-day cycle because it's just essentially the average. And it's less so than a week. So an average period will go for about 3 to days days. And as we entered our follicular, that sort of social phase that can go from about seven to 10 days. Our ovulatory phase goes for about three to four days. And the luteal phase in the end, it tends to be the longest phase that goes for up to two weeks, about anywhere between 10 to 14 days. But yeah, roughly, even if you split it by a week, you will hit most of those, you'll, you'll sort of hit your activities, which is why the tracking of your cycle is such an important part of, I think, any women's daily activity, because it just gives you so much insight
1: as to how to lead your life. Well, and that's really interesting that you brought that up. So let's say that someone's listening to this, and they have really not thought much about all these different seasons of the month that they're in, and they need to just start tracking their cycle to be able to really determine what their seasons look like. How can they Mm -hmm. go ahead and get started with that?
0: Yeah. So there are so many applications that you can download in order to track it. There is an application on iPhone, I believe on the health app, it has an ability to track your cycle. When I began to track it, I actually used the good old pen and paper. I actually created a spreadsheet where I was tracking every single little thing. I was so determined to like really understand what was happening. But if you don't want to go as deep you can start with just finding out what is your first day of your cycle the first day of your cycle is the first day of your bleed sometimes women experience spotting so it's not the spotting it's actually the full day of your bleed and then the last day of your cycle is the day before your full bleed so over that course of the time it's basically you'll find out the total length of your cycle and then from there you can also start tracking things like your symptoms like how do you feel as far as your mood you will notice pretty significant change from feeling very extroverted to slightly introverted and the more you track it the more you sort of understand which phases uh, fall in when for you.
1: That's really interesting and then so for those women that are still on birth control or for someone like myself where I'm pregnant how does that actually impact kind of the energy levels that you're experiencing for the month? So it will change things because cycle thinking and understanding
0: your menstrual cycle is very much based on an active menstrual cycle when you are on the birth control, because you sort of suppress the communication between ovaries and your brain, so often what happens is you don't ovulate. So you don't get sort of the gifts of the luteal phase is the deep focus, because the luteal phase is driven by the hormone called progesterone, which we don't produce if we don't ovulate. So that's something to keep in mind. But even having said that, if you still want to have that sort of cyclicality to it, because as females, we're cyclical, we enjoy those things. You can do it manually if you get like the withdrawal bleed every single month, and then you can track it for the approximate days. So as you said, for maybe a week or more like five days for menstrual cycle, seven days for follicular phase, and then ovulatory and luteal phase, and then just sort of switch it manually that way. And for pregnant people, just like yourself, you will go through these changes more so by trimester, because in the first trimester, you're sort of going through adaptation, you might have a lot of symptoms, second trimester, and then the third trimester, you'll feel that like sort of those the progesterone is going to be heightened, you'll feel more that nesting period, like you're getting things ready, packing things up, doing all of those things. For you, it will be be slightly different. So you won't have the same sort of menstrual cycle, menstrual cycle sort of monthly fluctuations. But again, to bring the cyclicality, you can do it manually of doing a week of different activities to see if it suits you. But yeah, with you, it'll be more like trimester sort of trimester counting.
1: Yeah. And as we're recording this, I just entered my third trimester. And what I found fascinating was that I realized in the first trimester, my energy was definitely depleted. I needed Mm -hmm. to take a step back. I was working with a business coach. And I actually had to say like, look, I actually don't have the energy. There's nothing left in me. It's literally everything I do to just get up and do my day job during the day. So can we put this on pause for a little bit and really acknowledge the phase that I was in? And then as soon as I entered into that second trimester, oh my goodness, the energy was just skyrocketed. I felt like I was like unstoppable and I could do anything. And then the ideas were flowing again. So it sounds Mm -hmm. very in line with what you're just describing here
0: yeah i love that because you, your hormones your body changes so much hormonally but in a slightly different way than you would through menstrual cycle but yeah and you will notice that and it's the beauty of it and it's because certain hormones get increased by the production like the progesterone hormone that's pregnancy hormone that we produce in the second half of our cycle but also in pregnancy you produce the most of it so it heightens its benefits which is very focused you can get stuff done you want to sort of get things ready clean stuff up which is kind of on the mini way this is what women go through on the monthly basis.
1: Well, I think one of the benefits of entrepreneurship, as far as the topic we're talking about today, Mm. is that we can really plan our months out accordingly based on what is best suited for us. But some of the people that are listening today are still in the corporate world, and they're looking to transition into entrepreneurship. So how would you recommend that the people that really, they don't have control over exactly what's happening on a week to week basis, How do they really tune into this cycle and really maximize kind of the seasons that they're in?
0: Yeah, I love that question because of course, for some women that are entrepreneurial, they have disability, but then there's of course, a lot of other women and you like, how do you still utilize the gifts of it? And I guess part of it is that if you track it, you still go through the normal menstrual cycle. And yes, you often don't have charge of necessarily the activities that you schedule, but one of the things that I would recommend implementing is specifically over, over your period. The period experience very much depends from woman to woman and the sort of the severity of the symptoms. But one of the things that will be sort of standard across everybody is that we're quite low on energy because our body is so intensively going through process of menstruation, shedding the uterine lining, entering the new cycle. So we'll have that energy that will be naturally lower. So whatever possible, if you're able to maybe schedule one day working from home when it's the first day of your period, or maybe taking more frequent breaks throughout the day and being able to sort of allow yourself to sort of disconnect a little bit more, maybe go for a longer walk on lunch, anything that will allow you to really take it easy for a day or two, your period, and just see what happens in the next cycle, in the next phase. Because what you will notice and what I've seen my clients notice all the time is as we begin to be in tune with our cycles, as we take a bit of time during our period, as we're kinder and more compassionate through our bodies through the period, which is sort of the most intensive part of our cycle, typically the energy comes back stronger and it just makes you feel so much more kind of like powerful, like internally you're like, yeah, I'm a woman and I've respected my body and I've taken it a little bit easier for those couple of days and just see like how your internal self-talk changes, because I think those are some of the biggest changes. And then you can begin to implement things like follicular phase of being more social. If there is an opportunity to schedule your work a month, a week ahead, but also it's not the end of the day. If it isn't, but like just small little moments, specifically loving your body through your period will make such a big difference in the way that you view yourself and feel about yourself.
1: And like you said earlier, the period truly is our superpower. I mean, I'm sorry, men, but men can't do this. We women on this um, earth to be able to say, like you said, we were created for reproduction. And when I was listening to your TED talk, it sounded like the men go through these seasons, but within a 24 hour period. So every single day, they are kind of regenerating these same seasons, whereas we are able to kind of spread this out for the entire month to really make sure that we are maximizing our time here. Definitely. And I really think that
0: you bring up an interesting point that male hormones, they also fluctuate and they fluctuate on a 24-hour basis. So the male body is optimized to be doing the same ways day in, day out, wake up at like 5 a.m. morning club. I remember this routine that was quite popular is being encouraged to wake up every morning at the same time, go to the gym, crush a workout. Get to work. And like these are the sort of things that men have been doing and their bodies optimized for that. But the problem happens is when women begin to reap the benefits of this lifestyle, adapt it on themselves, and then not able to keep up. And then it comes up with a lot of self-blaming, self-shaming. Why can't I do it? When in reality, your body is just designed so differently. You're meant to take care of it in a, such a different way than men do of theirs. And the way doing same things day in, day out is not optimized for female bodies. So it's kind of like like, can we have place for both? I believe we can. And it can attain, especially in organizations, by having these conversations and by bringing this to the forefront and talking to managers and just having as simple as having these conversations, just so we can take away the tabooness off of it and create a more inclusive environment, which is, I think, the way that most of organizations are going.
1: Yeah. And you use the word tabooness. I think mm-hmm. that this has become almost like a, a taboo topic where people just pretend like it doesn't exist. And we have to go through life having this little gift every single month, and we have to just hide it. So why do you feel like it has become so taboo in our culture? Well, I think as you mentioned at the beginning is the period sort of went through a bit of
0: a reputation. It was at one point, it was viewed as this amazing magical power thing. And then when the church took in power, women that during the period, they were considered having a witchy abilities and it created just a terrible reputation, really. It became this dirty thing. It became this inconvenience. And I think the women are less than when they're on their periods, actually, even though we sort of in a logical way, understand that it's not the case on a sort of subliminal, deep level, we still kind of view it as like, ew, which is why so many girls hide the tampons when we go in, like not the thing that we talk about. And it's these messages that have been passed on from one person to the next, that it is something dirty and it's something that treated as inconvenience, when actually if we can really reframe it and look at it as it's actually our superpower, this is what our body is doing, 50% of the population experiences it, education, reframing, chatting about it in a way that's empowering for women, we can change things. Of course, it's not going to happen overnight. But the reason it's so taboo, I think is because it's been attached to this dirty, hide it, don't talk about it. This is not something that good girls talk about in public kind of thing.
1: When I think you said it beautifully, it comes down to education and just being willing <laughs> to talk about it. It starts with conversations like these and the TED talks like you do, bringing to light that this can be something really beautiful. And it's natural. Like you said, 50% of the population goes through this. I mean, even today, I still hide a lot of like the bodily functions, just because it's just been something that I feel like was programmed into me. So it's something that I'm really like, now that you're pregnant, I mean, it's pretty much like you're a walking billboard for hormones and everything right now. And everyone comments on everything. So it's been a very interesting experience, because it's allowed me to kind of tap into like the womanism a little bit more than I think I was suppressing that before. And so now it's just like, Nothing's held back at this point. I'm an open book. Here I am, take it or leave it. And it really has made me feel more powerful in embracing the femininity. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have experienced the shame behind it, but then also going through an experience like this, where you feel almost liberated and you Mm -hmm. understand the gift that we've been given.
0: I love that. And I love the fact that you said it got you in touch with your femininity because I used to be very, very tomboyish, just very like hanging out with the boys, like never really wanted to talk about my periods. In fact, thought it would have been much easier if I was a boy. And actually learning about my period, I sort of overnight, I like grew my hair, started to wear dresses. I'm like talking about periods and I've become... used to have only male friends and become with friends with all of the girls and it really does shifted my perspective and it really made me appreciate and love my body because I think for so many women it's like it's this thing that we stay at war with but also because socialization and conditioning of the messages that we tend to get that women have to be a good girls like we get rewarded by being nice to people when boys are being rewarded for just being boys so and it's just this like always trying to do things always trying to put people in front of you leaves women stressed and depleted when actually when we own our power and we sort of understand that this is my body it changes it's beautiful whether it's pregnant or it's on the period and show up like this in front of other people it's very contagious and I'm sure you as a mom just must be so wonderful in some ways to be pregnant being like this is what my body is doing
1: it's amazing it really is. There were definitely times that, I mean, leading up to this, where I was like, can't just a stork show up on my doorstep. It would be, so much <laughs> <easier."> <laughs> but actually going through the experience, I have really come to appreciate it because I know that that's something that my husband can't do and he'll never mm. be able to have these experiences. And it's just something very special that a connection that I will have to my child that no one else will ever have. So yeah. I have really come to appreciate this, but You mentioned something earlier that you were a little bit more of a tomboy and then you started growing your hair out and having these conversations and connecting with women. And today you are solely working with women because you're a certified women's health coach. So I feel like we'd be remiss not to dive into really how you're working with your clients today and really helping them embrace their health journey. Definitely. It
0: is really funny. And like, I remember when I first told to one of my girlfriends that I'm going to be working with women, they're like, you? (laughs) It's just this like, this funny thing because it just wasn't, it wasn't me at all. I love it. There is this thing with women that we have as a big myth of like, weak, fragile, like a little bit more quieter when actually the feminine energy, feminine power, our bodies are so much more powerful and there's actually so much strength to it. And I think this is what I learned to realize. And when I do work with women, specifically the stuff that they come to me with, often it's a lot of stuff like difficulty losing weight, a lot of it, a lot of belly fat areas, a lot of painful periods, a lot of things like PCOS, endometriosis that women don't want to go on medications. And what we try to do is really try to understand how the body functions and what is happening and what are those symptoms trying to tell us because my goal with anything that i work with women is to get to the root cause because there's things like birth control that solve as a band-aid solution there's things like fat diets that again very short-lived things that may help you lose weight but it's actually not sustainable in long term so in my case I want to get to the bottom of why you're experiencing the belly fat. Belly fat often is caused by either excess estrogen or excess cortisol, often because with modern day lifestyle, a lot of it due to stress, because as our stress goes up, blood sugar goes up, our body begins to store fat slightly differently. Actually, like finding the ways of loving ourselves, being kinder with ourselves, finding the stress management techniques that are work for you, not doing something that you don't believe it or you don't really want to do, but actually looking at something that is long term, something that we can implement as a targeted lifestyle change. A lot of it also is through nutrition because... I actually made a post on Instagram about this today. One of the main reasons that women experience hormone imbalances is because of our relationship with food. It's so distorted and it's because of our disconnection to food. It's like low carb, keto, intermittent fasting. we heard all of it and we try these things and then it makes us feel either makes us lose weight, but then we gain it back in, which makes us feel like a failure. And there's just so many variety, like fat diets and not being able to stay on them. And then again, we feel like a failure. And actually, a lot of my work comes down to empowering women, connecting them to their bodies, often through menstrual cycle. And the things that I tend to hear from women is that they feel more compassionate towards themselves. They just become kinder, which is, I think, something that as women, we need to learn to do, because there is a lot of self-blaming, self-shaming, when actually, we like sort of the foundation. I believe that women are the foundation of it all. And we need to love ourselves and put ourselves first before we put other people first, because otherwise we'll never achieve that happy and balanced life, which is a lot of the stuff that my work focuses on.
1: Absolutely. And loving yourself also sometimes comes with making the investment in yourself as well. and And working with someone like you is a really wonderful way that someone could be able to implement long-term and sustainable lifestyle changes through not only their overall health, but um, nutritional needs as well. And I think it even comes down to the preservatives that are put into our foods and the pesticides that that are, especially in America, (laughs) we have so much crud that's just all over our food that kind of just need to go back to basics and take it from the countries in Europe that really don't utilize all those different ingredients as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I live in France. And one of the reasons that I was so drawn to living in this country is because of their appreciation for ingredients, appreciation for gastronomy and appreciation for food, because it really, it really is so different because I grew up in Canada and it might be slightly different than America, but it's still, it's not much better. So there is a lot of pesticides. And for women's body, for women's hormones, all of those hormones mimic our natural hormones and create a host of hormone imbalances, which I undo in my practice.
1: Well, and speaking of hormonal imbalances too, on your website, you actually have a free hormonal imbalance quiz that people can go ahead and take. What could they expect from that quiz when they go to your site? Once you take the quiz, you'll sort of
0: mark off which are the symptoms that are the most, I've listed the most common symptoms for common hormone imbalances and the ones that you have the most of basically will reveal what are the things that you need to pay attention to when it comes to hormones they don't really work in our body in the vacuum so it's not like there's one thing and you need to spot treat and address that thing usually when something goes off a bunch of other things goes off like if we're too stressed it can affect our insulin It can affect our thyroid it can affect so many different hormones but yet when you understand a little bit you can sort of zoom in on a one specific thing it will give you a lot of answers as to what sort of things you actually need to pay attention to it'll kind of because sometimes we're like okay i feel this way but i have no idea where to begin the quiz will give you an understanding of the starting point and then the first day you sort of get the results of the quiz right away in the second day i also send you the combination of certain of the things that you need to do in order to start addressing those imbalances that you can start working on them right away and feeling better ultimately
1: And I think you and I are going to have to have some chats offline, something that I haven't mentioned to you, but throughout this pregnancy, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease and that's good to know because they told me otherwise. And it was interesting because I had no symptoms whatsoever leading up to this. All of a sudden I took a blood test and they gave me a call saying, oh, your thyroid levels are skyrocketed. We need to go back for more testing, go see this doctor and immediately go on medication. And this is lifelong. And you're on the Mm. phone call saying, what? Like, what? Really? I had no idea. And I'm someone that I don't like to just immediately turn to medication, but they immediately said, if you don't, then your baby, the brain won't fully develop because he's not getting enough of the hormones. And so all of the scare tactics. And Mm -hmm. so immediately just, I took the medication because at this point, it's not about me. It's about my child. I'm determined that I will get off this medication as soon as my baby's born. I want to take a holistic approach to this because I believe that all the hormones that are going on through my body, it could have just spiked, but yeah, I don't know. So we'll have to have a conversation about this one. (laughs)
0: No, definitely. And there's a lot of common things like this that happen with women going through pregnancy because you're growing a human, your body completely shifts. And a lot of women develop diabetes or insulin resistance or thyroid issues because your energy distribution, because your thyroid is essentially the engine of your body. Like it'll either pump up the energy or it'll hold it back. And if there is something, something off, not enough nutrients, maybe too many chemicals, but there's could be so many, so many variety of things that could contribute to it. So to give you sort of a bit of like relief that you can manage it naturally if it doesn't develop more seriously and you're also not alone. Unfortunately, these things are common and I wish we talked more about them. So if women get this diagnosis, they're not like shocked that this is happening.
1: Well, and that's why having conversations with like yourself and bringing the voice to this kind of platform is really important. And not mm-hmm. only are you coming onto this platform, but you also have your own podcast, Feel Better, Be Better, where you do talk a lot about these topics in general. So where could people go ahead and find you on your podcast?
0: Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up because podcast is one of my favorite ways of sharing information, and which is why it's so lovely to have a chat with you. Uh, My podcast is called Feel Better, Be Better, and I talk about things like menstrual cycles, hormonal health, and a lot of mindset stuff because if we don't have the right mindset, implementing long-term lifestyle changes is really difficult. So it's sort of a combination of those three. So if you want to learn more of that, I'm on. I want to say all of the podcasting platforms, all of the main Mm -hmm. ones anyways, feel better, be better. And then if you want to have more conversation, I'm very active on Instagram, which is my name, dinara.mukh. And I'll share the quiz with you so that way people can go and hopefully find the answers if they are struggling with health issues.
1: And we'll make sure that everything's linked in the show notes for everyone just to make it easy, Mm -hmm. easy to access for you there. And I know you've given some incredible advice already in regards to the menstrual cycle. But a lot of the people listening are people that want to become entrepreneurs or beginning entrepreneurs like myself. If you could really think back to when you started as an entrepreneur and the advice that you needed at that time, what would you tell someone like myself or those that are wanting to get started? I love this question and
0: there's so many things
1: that I could tell you, but I think one of the biggest ones is
0: that your first idea might not be like your best one, perhaps, and just trying things and if things don't work, you just ask yourself very honest question, does this work? And then your best guess is usually your best guess. And it's usually what's typically happening. So if you're ever stuck, which is going to happen with entrepreneurial journeys, because all we do is solve problems. Sometimes the best person to ask is often yourself. I know on the beginning of the journeys, we often go and seek other people's opinions. And I've spent a lot of time asking for other people's opinions and just being like, what is it to only down the road, just prove myself, just how much this advice didn't really work for me. So anything that will kind of bring you back to you as you grow your baby, it's the same with business. As you grow this business is to learning to develop that muscle where you trust yourself because you are the only person on the journey in the long haul. And menstrual cycle can be a great guide because it is using your own body to schedule things, to look at things, to really understand you. Like entrepreneurship is a speed runway to personal development and getting to know your body is one of the best ways to do it.
1: Yeah, really listening to that intuition, listening to what your body is telling you and just don't doubt yourself. There's a fire that's lit within us. It's there for a reason.
0: Yeah. And I know sometimes this sort of answer is like, oh, but, but I don't know. And if you really ask yourself and just sit down with a pen and paper, the answers will come. They always, Absolutely.
1: <laughs> they always do. They always do. Well, Danara, thank you so much for taking the time to share a little bit about how people can utilize their menstrual cycle as their superpower. Really enjoyed this. Very educational. Thank you so much. Me too. Thank you so much. Wow. This discussion with Danara was so eye opening as to how we can leverage our menstrual cycle to enhance productivity, creativity, and self trust. Whether you're in your menstrual winter, feeling introspective and focused, or in your summer, bursting with creativity and energy, Denara's guidance empowers you to make the most of each phase. It's about embracing your uniqueness, listening to your body, and learning to trust yourself as you navigate the entrepreneurial landscape. So let me ask you, self-starter, are you ready to take your business to the next level by leveraging your unique seasons? Thanks for listening to today's episode of the self-starter podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to like, and subscribe to stay up to date on the latest content. Want even more? Be sure to head to selfstarter.com and remember start today for you, start today for her and become a self-starter. See you next time.